Welcome back. Can you say everybody? Yeah, you can. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of That Title Show. My name is Chris. And I'm Paul. And we are here every Sunday chatting shit. We're also on Spotify and other platforms. But yeah. Spotify is like, you know, it's YouTube and Spotify. It's the one, isn't it? It? No one really cares about the other ones. <laughs> I think like, you know, like Unless you Apple, get free with Apple. your mobile contracts and then you use Deezer for a year and then go back to using Spotify. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do, you, do you think that um, Apple... Music and Spotify is like Mac and PC, <laughs> or like PS5 and Xbox. Like, do you mean? Do you know what? Whenever I've looked at the um, the different um, subscriptions that you get, Spotify is just the best one. You know, even though it maybe is the death of the music business, I don't know. But Spotify just works the best. You know, it's just best deal. It is what it it's is. It's got the most it? music, yeah. and you know, and and having dealt with Spotify as an art, as a musician artist. Um, they're really nice to deal with, much, much easier than dealing with YouTube. So, you know, I'm not, I'm inclined to give them a break. See, you killed the music industry, Apparently, but maybe you, you built put, a new one. Can you, you could put videos on, on Spotify now, can't you? Yeah, they've just brought out podcasting. I've, I've been looking into it. We might be a video podcast a la Joe Rogan uh, by the end of the year. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. I, I kind of like the fact that it's just, there's, there's an audio version of this. I think that it's better, you know what I mean? Anyway, we're waffling. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, welcome back to another episode. Yeah, I think welcome. this is episode 112 this week, I think. you know, so That's mad, that, isn't it? Almost as old as Paul. <laughs> yeah, almost as old as me. Um, so we've got a good episode for you this week. We've got a bit of news. Uh, we've got some, some comments to, uh, to read and discuss. And then I've got a question for Chris about tattoo history and whether you should learn it to be a better tattooist or not. And all of that is coming up after the news. Chris. Yo, bro. <laughs> What's in the news, mate? <laughs> um, to be fair, there's not a lot that I've seen. Uh, there's a lot of stuff been happening, but I haven't really noticed much because I've had a lot going on. I, uh, this is going to be a running thing for a while, so you'll have to bear with me with the news. But what I have seen is that Cheyenne tattoo equipment have sneakily snuck out that they've got three new tattoo machines and a new power supply. So they've got uh, and the ergonomic and compact Solnova is now even three millimeters shorter, they're saying. And it comes in three stroke lengths. So you're going to have a 2.5 mil for fine, delicate shading. A 3.5 mil is the perfect all-rounder. And a 4.5 mil so for sophisticated lining and color packing. In addition, they've also given the Solnova 2 a completely new responsive... Ooh, okay. They've given a completely new responsive mode to tame this powerhouse. I love the the, the marketing talk there. It's like, you know, selling it to us. Um, and they said, and because the Solnova needs a perfectly matching power unit, they gave the PU2 a facelift in the form of the PU2. So, you know, PU2, Roman numeral 2s, and now it's a number 2. Uh, now the compact power supply has a touch screen that allows easy setting of the voltage and switching between two tattoo machines. It can be set up either lying down or hanging, thanks to the magnets. Uh, and the position sensor. So it, actually, I've seen the video of it, and it does look like it's a lot nicer than the other one. I, I like that. The PU2, um, so it's was nice the to PU2 see that. the really, really ugly one that looked like you'd nicked it out of a hospital? The little plaque? No, 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 no. The PU2 is the little dinky one. You like it? I like the PU2, yeah. So they got a new version of that. I thought that was really pretty. 
Oh, no, no, no. I tell a lie. That's the PU4. Sorry. I'm fucking lying. Excuse he's me. He's not lying. He's just wrong. When... <laughs> Speaking of the word. So is there any more news, mate? Um, there's a little bit of news. We, well, I have just received... Uh, Muzo Toku. I like their stuff. Muzo Toku were kind enough to send me their new uh, battery. So basically, I got in touch with them. And Where's mine? I got, well, I, I got in touch with them and I said, hi guys, uh, I see you have a new battery. Oh, that's my mistake. I didn't get in touch with them. And all I said was, <laughs> I said, can I have some information about it so I can mention it on the Tattoo News, on the podcast? And they were like... We can send you one. And it came with a really... Ooh, I just knocked my microphone. It came with a really nice handwritten note as well from the founder of Musa Oh, that's nice. Would you like me to read it? I think you should, for the benefit of me and because I've already heard it, but for the benefit of you guys, yeah. I think you should. It says, thanks, Chris, for your work and for... Con- well, first of all, it should have had and Paul. I can't read that one bit. Contacting, ah... Thanks, Chris, for your thanks, Chris and Paul, for your work <laughs> and for contacting with us. Uh, we are a very small team, and we do everything in house. We are proud of what we so do. We. Yeah, we are proud of what we do, and we expect that uh, people will love it too. Kindest regards, David, who's the founder, and the even including a little picture. Look at that. Yeah, it's nice when you get compliments you wanna, and uh, nice you little, a, you know, nice little pictures. Do you want to have a little look before we do? You have it before we do the review. Is this this is like the end of Bullseye? Have a look at what you could have won. Well, Chris, he's shown you that. Uh, don't feel bad and send me one because it won't work on my tattoo machine anyway because it will make it too... Because I use a 90-degree tattoo machine, so it's no good to me. I'm sure it's very good, guys, but you sent it to the right person. I wouldn't be able to find I will use say, it, so it would uh, be a one waste. thing I noticed about this is the, um, the batteries are smaller. Now, the batteries are smaller, right... But they're 18350 capacity, which is a higher capacity than yeah. some of the other batteries yeah, yeah. that are bigger. So it's a shorter battery, which is obviously going to make it a smaller, ba- uh, shorter batteries for a smaller battery. <laughs> so yeah, happy days. Thank you. Um, obviously, I'm going to be doing some testing with it, using it. I've got. A, I'm in the process of doing the Rotary Works video now. Um, so once I finish that, that's when I'll start doing all the proper filming and, and everything for this one. Then. So yeah. Happy days. Happy days. This isn't a response to a specific comment. I just There was a number of comments. We were talking about the Birmingham Tattoo Convention last week and how uh, it maybe didn't have the best start. Uh, and a couple of you, um, uh, one, at least one of you that worked the convention and a couple of people that visited uh, were like, yes, the visitor numbers were really quiet. Part of, this, part of the problem would appear to be the high cost of parking at the NEC. Uh, at least one of you mentioned the quality of the entertainment, the fact that artists were packing up at three o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday, which is never a good sign. Um, And uh, they'd run out of beer by three o'clock and suggested a move to the city centre. So if you don't know the area of Birmingham um, where the NEC is, it's out towards the kind of Sheldon, Shirley area. Well, no, it's Sheldon for sure. Um, It's that far out the city that if it was about two miles further, it wouldn't even be in Birmingham, the NEC. Um, So... And so there's really, when it comes to parking, there's only three options. Uh, you can do airport parking, which is about £25 a minute, um, train station parking, which I think is about 25 quid, or parking at the NEC, which is about 18 quid. Um, 
and you, you know, a lot of at least a couple of you commented it that maybe you know that was a problem for visitors looking at it and going thirty five quid for a ticket. The Birmingham Convention used to be fifteen pound a ticket. Now it's thirty five quid, plus eighteen to twenty quid for parking. You know, you're into hundred quid before you've even started. If a few of you are going, one thing I did want to uh, say, in all fairness to the Birmingham Convention, I do know that initially when they were advertising this convention, it was going to run at the new Bingley Hall, which is in the Hockley, sort of Hockley, edge of Handsworth area of Birmingham, which from the city centre, you could walk it in 10 minutes. You could walk to the convention. Um, It was going to be at the new Bingley Hall. Uh, Now, the new Bingley Hall burnt down last year. Well, the early part of this year, um, the roof set fire. And obviously, when you have to pour lots of water on the roof, you know, from a fire truck, uh, obviously, all that water goes into the building, ruining the building. The last thing that I heard was that the damage was so extensive once they looked at it, because I think initially they thought it was just the roof and maybe some of the upper floors, but the damage was uh, so extensive that they were actually looking at rebuilding it. It was, you know, that bad. Um, so I think in all fairness to the organisers, they probably had it budgeted and scheduled for the new Bingley Hall. It burns down, so they scramble around trying to find a venue, end up in one hall at the NEC, and that's got to be three times more than Bingley Hall to rent. So that the cost of putting that on... Now, if you've taken money for booths, you, know, you don't want to cancel because you get a bad reputation for that. Oh, it didn't happen, all that sort of stuff. So maybe they've gone ahead with it, but the reason that the entertainments were a little bit light and that the you know the, the provisions for artists were not quite what they should have been and maybe the advertising was a bit light on the ground is maybe a factor of you know probably trebling the cost of putting the show on so i you know to give them a you know a fair go I, you know, I'd like to see what they're going to do for next year. I'd like to think that they'll listen to the criticisms from artists that have worked here and the feedback from visitors. You know, because I didn't visit, so it's not fair for me to comment. I'm just listening to what other people are saying to me. I'd like to. He's just getting paid to big excuses for them. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm not making excuses for them, but I think that you know, I'm. I feel for them. You know, like you think about it in. In this day and age, you know, like it's difficult to put a convention on as it is, and then if you've had a number of problems, it, you know, then that kind of has a, a rolling impact. I think hopefully we should maybe try and visit it next year uh, at the Bingley Hall. The only thing I would say about the new Bingley Hall in Birmingham is you can find free street parking near it. Uh, you can find, you know, city centre parking, which is probably a tenner for the day, something like that, maybe a little bit more. Um, the only thing I would say about it is if you're not a visitor or a, if you're not from the Midlands and you're a visitor to the city, um, that's not the prettiest area of Birmingham. I'm allowed to say that because I was born there, right? So, um, but um, it's maybe not the... It's not like a, a sort not of leafy yeah. suburb or anything like that. It's pretty in a city, that is. And you might be a little bit worried about leaving your car on the street. So... Um, it does that, but you know, that might be improved if they've rebuilt it. Maybe they'll make the car park a bit, a bit bigger and stuff. So that might have been a factor as well. It's you know, for attracting what I'm thinking is for attracting the big name artists, they might they might look at it and go, Well, I don't like the area that it's um, that it's being put on, and it's you know, it's not fancy enough, type of thing. Because it, you know, that area of Birmingham is, it, I mean, Birmingham's not a pretty city anyway, but that that's not 
a very pretty area of a not very pretty city. So, you know, let's see what they do next year before we uh, put the nails in that coffee. And, I, you know, I, I do hope that they um, that they get summer together, you know, because it wouldn't appear that this one's gone down very well. But, you know, give them a fair crack. You know, one more go. You know, come on, guys. Come on. you got to smash it out the park next year. Anyway, uh, so comment RJ White 907 commented on the critical video and he says, you can also use a watch or a clock to time your session. Lol. And it's like, yes, you could also ride a fucking horse instead of driving a car. <laughs> you could also use a fucking hand glider instead of using a fucking airplane. You could also use a fucking sundial instead of using a watch. There are many things you can do. Fucking hell. <laughs> You could also wear fucking bags on your feet instead of socks. <laughs> Do you mean, what was the point? Do you know, I, I had something I wanted to add to this question because maybe this particular person that's commenting isn't aware that in some parts of the world, tattoos are charged for the time that the machine is running. So certainly in Italy, if you go out there, you know, you can get to your session at 10 o'clock in the morning, not be getting tattooed until two in the afternoon, but you'll only pay while the machine is actually running. And it's billed that way. So it certainly might not seem like an, an important or well, useful I think it's feature very important. if you don't work that way, but there are definitely parts of the world where people would be going, yes, that's exactly what I need. I looked at it and thought, do you know what? That would be really handy for some people. Not for me personally, so, but for so some people it would be really, really right, useful. Like you've got some artists that will charge like hourly rate, they'll charge a day rate or whatever, and they charge for their time. And then what they do is they'll have loads of fag breaks and, and people are paying for that. And it's like... I think what you can do with having the billing system built into the battery is you can just have that running in the side. And then let's just say you've been tattooing for like six, you've had them in the shop for seven hours and you have a, a flat rate for that seven hours. And then what you can do is you can look at that and be like, right, okay, let's just see how long I've actually been tattooing for. And, and then see whether or not you were comfortable tattooing, sorry, you're comfortable charging them that amount of money. Because I've had people in the shop for like six hours before because we've been talking and stuff like that. I've only been tattooing for like three and a half hours. And but yeah, that was just, a, uh, yeah, that, that was just like, you know, a pedantic fucking comment, I think, to be honest. Like, it's funny, do you know what I mean? Lol. But yeah, it's like, oh, do you know what, right? I, instead, instead of doing a podcast, right, we could do like a column in a fucking magazine and you fuckers can read it instead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did actually, lol. Uh, and because I, that's exactly what I do, I just use a clock. It's Yeah, no, it is... It's funny, it's but it, it's just such a stupid comment. The other one then is off Chris Sajic, and it just says, you, it's softer than a one mil stroke, bro. And I'm like, I don't know what do you mean. I don't know. I don't get that one. Please explain. Uh, could you expand on your comment, please? You know, next. So somebody wrote, no cons. And then I said, like, so far, I haven't noticed any cons. Or I haven't come across any cons or anything that's a con for me when using the machine. And, like, you know me, Paul, I, I fucking, I try everything with them. And I really, I'm scrutinise everything. I, I, I'm there just fucking checking it out. But then somebody wrote, <clears throat> what about the sanitization of the jelly? We know ink can go in some places we don't want to, even with membranes, blah, 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 blah. And then so, and, and, and I've seen this comment a few times about people going on about like, oh, well, why can't we just take our machines apart? Blah, 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 blah. And it just, for me, it points out that there's a very big lack of understanding and knowledge about 
infection prevention and control procedure, what the actual technique of tattooing is, which is aseptic, and and the procedures that go along with it. And by so and things by like aseptic, right? This is the thing that is the elephant in the room. Your process is not sterile. It's just clean. It's not sterile. It's just clean. And that's that's the um, the difficult truth of it. You know, think about it. Your gloves aren't sterile. Your cling film's not sterile. Your paper towels are not sterile. Your ink caps are not sterile. So even when you pour that sterilised ink into them, it's not sterile. And also, the moment you open the cap, on your ink bottle, it's no longer sterile. And the moment that you open your needles, they are no longer sterile. And neither are your gloves. You know, you are clean, not sterile. And, and a good understanding of aseptic technique, infection, prevention and control, bloodborne pathogen control, zonal pathogen control, all of these things are critical because all of these things seem really scary if you don't understand the process, you have to understand what you're doing. Um, and something like, you know, if you're using a cartridge with a membrane, then it is very unlikely that any any stuff will get into that machine. And you shouldn't be picking only- your cartridges up by the plungers. And if you want to check if your cartridge is clogged, you should be degloving to push the plunger down and using clean hand, dirty hand technique, right? Or you can put a clean glove on, right? Like, this is, this is where this problem arises. You've got... There seems to be a lack of understanding and people putting two and two together and getting five rather than four. So, you know, my suggestion would be if you've studied this and it's been a while since you did it, go and get a refresher course. Um, If you have never studied this and you're learning to tattoo, study this now because all all of this will seem very frightening to you. It's actually very simple and it's just common sense. Uh, it's, you know, these things are designed to be cleaned. Okay, maybe pen machines aren't designed to be opened. But my other thought would be, I don't know how you feel about this, but I go, look, if you've got this many problems with a pen-shaped machine and you really don't think it works, don't fucking buy one. Just get a machine like mine that you can just my take problem, it apart and clean my problem the whole thing it, right, is, My problem with it is it's been okay fucking years to tattoo with coil machines and standard needle setups on rotaries, right? And people will obviously sterilize the grip and the back stem because the part that makes direct contact with broken skin is the part that needs to be sterile. So they'll sterilize them or they'll use disposable ones of them. But then what they'll do is they'll either bag the machines, which you will contaminate the machine and the contaminants will be all over the machine inside, but yet you will happily just disinfect that machine, even though it's been in the bag for fucking hours with, you know, airborne pathogens going back up into it and so on. That's perfectly acceptable. It's perfectly acceptable to use coil machines that are probably one of the filthiest fucking tools that we have in the tattoo industry. And I think, like, shit like this is more a case of, like, people just trying to pick on things that aren't there, like the comment he's come back with. And some of the stuff he's saying is fair, and it's, again, opinion-based, but he says, for me, the time of feature, the colour display, and the green lantern uh, on the motor housing are not tools for a job. To the land, the light, fair enough, it's not, but I think the timer, most definitely, the LCD, definitely, because if you can't see what voltage your machine's running on, do you know what I mean? Doesn't it? It just depends on how you're doing but the they job. They say, really. like, I've been tattooing for 14 years and I've only used Cheyenne the day Hawk the Thunder came out. Uh, when I was uh, a R word to use that t- 
toy of a machine as he had a tattoo artist in my town enjoyed to tell me all the time. In 13 years, I had multiple membrane breaks from, from different brands, speci especially on four plus millimeter stroke pens. Now, one of the reasons why you may have membrane breaks with, with cartridges is because cartridges are generally designed for uh, the, the tension of the membrane is designed for like say 3.5 mil machines for a stretch. If you go in over four mil, you are going to be in that area where the membrane will break. So, it, you know, can again, break. A, a lot of the issues that I see people having, right, is user error and poor infection prevention and control procedures, poor uh, not following the correct chain of, no, not breaking the chain of infection, let's say. So it's all down to how you handle your stuff. And, and if you're a dirty fucker, some people are. Like, I've seen tattoo machines that people have Well, not used. always forced to be knowingly dirty. Just don't, you know, if you don't, you don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? So, you, like, you've got to, you know, you've got to fill your, the gaps in your knowledge with that stuff. You know, if, you, if this stuff sounds confusing to you, uh, then get unconfused, you know, like, learn it. I, no, I'll it's have not to, hard to learn. I'll have to double check what the material is that's used on the machine, but they've gone, oh, acrylic, it's a fucking blah, 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 that, you know, if you use certain cleaning fluids on it, I'm taking a piss, so don't get offended in my fucking piss take voice. But they were saying, like, uh, they were on about the, the materials that it's made from, when you're cleaning it, that could be affected because it's non-porous, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, do you honestly think that, a tattoo machine company, any any machine builder, would not put any research into the usage of the products that they're making and how to clean it and how well they will work and so on. Like, and that's with every machine company. Surely, if but it was I, that I just, bad, I, just, I fall back down on what I'm always saying. If you don't like the sound of it and you don't think it's the, uh, like the right thing, don't buy it. Yeah, but it, like, don't buy it. It just bugs the shit out of me though, because like it obviously highlights there's a massive issue in tattooing where you know you've got an entire generation that haven't got a fucking clue about how to clean shit properly, and and on they they're whinging about not being able to open up a machine because it's getting dirty due to their own lapse in knowledge and knowing what they're doing, but at the same same time they fucking wear watches and long sleeve tops when they tattoo in and i'm like how can you complain about a fucking tattoo machine when you are a fucking you're literally spreading germs because you're tattooing somebody with a fucking rolex or a fucking apple watch or fucking wearing long sleeve shirts you know i've, I've literally watched people in tattoo conventions right do walk-ups all day with the same fucking long sleeve top on, no fucking bar, no no arm guards, and I'm like, that's fucking Captain AIDS over there. Can I there. tell you the, the best one I've ever seen? Talking of misunderstanding aseptic technique. So I was in a tattoo convention. I won't say which convention. I won't say which artist it was that did this. I watched the artist clean their table down that they the convention provide for you to um, to tattoo from, cover it with cling film and then stand on it with their shoes on, not that it makes any difference at all, with their shoes on to hang their banner, and then they set up their station. So they'd stood with the dirty shoes on the cling film that they just sent prepping, hung their banner up, got down, and then set, the, set up on top of the cling film that they were just stood on. That's misunderstanding aseptic technique in about the most 
the most ways I, I can think well, of. And this I, is a I tattoo see, convention do, 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 do where was, everybody there were big name artists, and do, do, these were none of these people were small Instagram follower type artists. These are all people that should fucking know better. Yeah, we're watching. But do you know the biggest misunderstanding of aseptic, aseptic technique and stuff like that is when I done the when I done that course. Um, they were asking us about like how we do our beds and and, and so on, and we're all like, every single artist in the room is like, oh yeah, we clean film everything, and they're all like, why? And we're like, what do you mean? It's like you know, obviously you know hygiene. They said they just turned around and said, if you are cleaning your stuff with the appropriate fluids, you do not need to wrap your armrests. You do not need to wrap your beds. You go to a hospital, they use paper rolls. They said the only thing that a you know, they obviously they didn't have a go with us for it. They said what we're doing is good. So it is good that we do it, but what they're saying is it's over the top and it's unnecessary as long as you're cleaning your stuff correctly, following the correct, you know, process and yep. so on. But they said really the reason I cling film my armrests, because I never cling film my bed. But the only reason I cling film my rests where, you know, where the actual body part is going to be is because if you don't, it's an absolute pain in the ass to get stencil and ink off it yeah. afterwards. No, no, that's so exactly what they said. So use the cling film, like, literally for that, so it doesn't fuck up the look of your armrest, you know what I mean? And Or, you know, you just don't want that stuff on there. But it's people who don't understand that. It's, it's knowing... Not learn. It's not about learning parrot fashion what you do. It's about actually understanding why you're doing it, and that's the difference. It's not. I was taught to do this, so I do all of this without questioning it. It's like no, understand why but this is you the thing, do though, this you go, stuff. That goes back to what I said ages ago on another podcast, where it was um, you've got to a degree you've got the blind leading the blind. You've got people that haven't got a clue about infection and control procedures teaching tattooists the wrong stuff, who are then teaching other tattooists, and then you've got an entire generation of tattooists that are tattooing, wearing watches, standing on cling film, uh, handling handling cartridges inappropriately, you know, overall just being dirty fuckers, and then kind of going, I can't open my machine. Oh, my goodness. I can't open. It's like, well, if you were if you weren't a fucking dirty cat, you wouldn't have to fucking open your machine. Yeah. And this is generalized. I can't this clean isn't my in- machine, but I'm I can't. This is the one that gets me. I can't clean my machine, but I'll happily shave the client with an unsterilized blade. I can't open my machine to clean inside it, even though I, if I follow the correct procedures, my setup will be fine. But I'm going to put ink in a non-sterile ink cap. I'm going to use paper towels that aren't sterile and wipe an open wound with that. Do you mean? And this is a part of a big problem. You know, it's part of a big problem in our industry at the moment is there's a lot of people... It's the proof of the term, a little knowledge is dangerous. There's a, people that have only learnt the headlines and don't haven't really read the body text of this stuff. And it's like, you, you've got to understand it. You know, I can't stress this enough. You know, we're not down on people that are doing it wrong. It's like, but you should get, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And, and you know, and that's fair enough. But what you need to do, this is your career. This is your livelihood. And you should take responsibility yeah. for it and go, I am going to make sure that I know exactly how this works, you know. And, and so if somebody sat me down and went through my process and went, you know, Paul, 
when do you you know when do you when do you put your gloves on what are you barriering what are you not barriering and why i don't have to look anything up i can tell you the entire process and why every part of it is done the way it's done because i know what i'm doing not because i'm a genius or anything like that it's because i just learned i went away and i studied it i went on a couple of courses i read it anything that i didn't understand i asked friends i asked people in the medical uh, professions because you know the lovely thing about doing what we do i get to tell you know nurses and doctors and dentists and you can ask them about is this okay you know the other day i was talking to a nurse in the shop who's doing her dissertation which is trainee nurse and she was amazed that you know of, of how good of a knowledge i have of what she does you know we were talking about creating sterile fields and when you put your gloves on she was like shit your training sounds like you did medical school i'm like no i just I, I i'm very serious about being a tattooist i'm very very serious about nobody's getting fucking sick when i tattoo them and i wanted to make sure i was doing it properly the reason i'm not afraid of any part of my process is knowledge it's not skill or, or i'm a genius or i'm any better than you or anything like that I'm just trained. I learned the shit I needed to learn. Interesting. And that's the best thing when, you can do, you know? Speaking of people coming to the shop, right, for all the fucking naysayers who are going to kind of go, oh my God, you know what you're fucking talking about. I'm going to just, first of all, say one thing. I am very open and I would prefer the the ability to completely strip my machine down because I like the fact that I could change the motor out when the motor was broken so on, not have to send it. I, I, I do like the idea of the right for repair. But... I've got somebody from the Welsh government coming to the, my studio on Monday and I'm going to be showing, going through my tattoo procedure, how I set everything up um, because they're going to be part of the new tattoo licensing in, in Wales. And I will double check it with them because I've spoken to multiple people within the health field and with, especially with tattoo regulations in Wales and they've all said the same thing about like according to aseptic technique, the only part that needs to be sterile is the part that makes direct contact with broken skin. And when you're using a pen machine, if you wrap it appropriately, and that means you completely barrier wrap the entire machine and not just sticking a fucking clip cord sleeve on it. I mean, like putting barrier film on it that sticks to the machine. So you're creating an actual barrier, not a bag. And then that's, and, and then you obviously use your membrane cartridges. That That's where... You, you you are really limiting any form of contamination. And then if you're using the correct cleaning solutions that are designed to kill the, all the bacteria that would be there, you're good to go. You're golden. You don't need to sterilize it. Again, it's it's an extra, it's an added precaution that you can do. It's an added step. And the one thing I would say not- about um, Cheyenne cartridges, uh, if I could give them uh, any kind of recommendation... Uh, I've used them for over a decade and I've never had one break. Never had a Cheyenne break. Well, I've, I, I, do you know what? Funny but enough, I do I've use had. I've had a 3.2 mil stroke, so. Yeah, I've had them, I've had them, I've had a, I have had a couple of Cheyenne cartridges break and they were when I used 4.5, 5 mil strokes. Yeah. They're just not designed to like, go that I think far. It's, the travel's not in the membrane. You don't need fucking. Realistically, like all these fucking machines that have come out are like four point five five mil and all that. You don't fucking need them to be that that. You don't need that stroke that 3.2 long. Three point two minus three point two, three point five. That'll do. Do do that all day long. You know what do, I mean? Yeah, the Rotary Works pen. I was smashing black in with the three point two. Yeah, absolutely fine. Short stroke. I mean, that's always a standard stroke for tattoo machine. You know, back in the day when we used to talk about nickels and dimes and air gaps, and you know, and all that sort of stuff with coil machines. And talking of stuff like that, I've, I, this is where we 
seamlessly segue into this week's topic. Uh, as I'm talking about the olden days of tattooing, uh, I've got a question for you, you Chris. This is, this is the funny thing, isn't it? Because we established, like, uh, I've, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm more of a veteran than you, uh, right? Well, I think you would... <laughs> 20 yeah, well, year I think veteran. You, that's as a professional tattooist, but uh, because I'm older than you, my, my earliest experience of tattooing and knocking about in a tattoo shop, you know, and all that sort of stuff would... Uh, would give me at least 15 years on you, I think, you know, because I got tattooed. First time I got tattooed, I was 15. Yeah, but that don't count. Like, that's like saying, like, the first time I ate a burger, I was 12. And I've been a burger collector since I was 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the question in front of you this week, mate, um, given that we've just been talking about, you know, people not getting the right information, and, you know, I think that's born out of not doing traditional apprenticeships. Disagree. I understand before you, you get upset about that. I understand the, the, the problems of doing that. Uh, but I do think that there was a lot to be said for that route into the industry. I, I get why you can't do it, and I, I, I totally appreciate that. I'm not down on you for any of that. But... Uh, I do think it leads us to problems like this aseptic technique and problems with cleaning, not really understanding how to do what you're doing. Uh, but one of the, the questions I wanted to ask you this week, Chris, is because this I, I was thinking about this the other day, and I'll I'll explain why in a sec. Do you think, as it's a professional tattooist, that you should learn your tattoo history uh, in order to be a better tattooist? No. Not really, no. It's okay to be wrong. No, no, honestly, like I think if, if it interests you, then fair enough. But I don't think you need to learn the history. We're that far into tattooing. I don't think you realistically need to learn the history to be a good tattooist. What you need to learn is the fundamentals of how to tattoo. And that is not, that's got fuck all to do with learning about like, all of the history it's learning about like how tattooing well, works who discovered those which, fundamentals regardless of because they didn't exist before we'd started doing them who yeah, discovered but, them you know yeah I don't know yeah, no, they, no 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 they, they, they always existed until somebody discovered it so the person who discovered it if they never discovered it somebody else would have that's what I'm saying like there's certain aspects of tattooing that don't really necessarily need to be linked to the history of tattooing I like the history of tattooing I think there are certain there are certain things that are really interesting stories. Like, I think I heard one years ago about, like, um, Sailor Jerry was, like, somebody was trying to... Someone said, you can never make purple, and Sailor Jerry made the purple pigment and fucking was like, have it, you fucker. But, like, obviously that's completely uh, short and condensed. But what I'm saying is, like, there are certain things to do with tattooing, such as, like, when you do line work, depending on your line weight... And so, especially if you're doing like a lot of fine line work, there are rules. Ink spreads. How do you know ink spreads? And that doesn't matter about history. That's just a fact. Ink spreads. Yeah, but how did you know before? How did you know before you did it? Because somebody taught it you. But how did they learn it? They learned it because somebody taught it them. There's what I'm saying is, my point is that when you when you study art. You study no, I understand that, but yeah, no, but see, this is the thing. You generally study a bit of art history. The idea being, you can't know where you're going to go unless you know where we've been, um, and uh, things that you think um, might be brand new might be uh, incredibly old. Like, so for instance, I want to like start this because this is. Let me just tell this story, right? Because it's part of the tradition of tattooing is storytelling. But more about that another time. So this week, good friend of mine, Lal Hardy posted a really interesting 
picture. I'll get. I'll find it up from Instagram and I'll put it up for you. He posted a picture of a hundred-year-old tattoo kit that was for sale in a London department store child department section. So a hundred years ago, in a London department store, the name of which I forget because it's a hundred years old. So, but uh, this was for sale to children as a tattoo kit a hundred years ago. And there's a picture of Sutherland McDonald holding one. See, that this. is super fascinating. And that is really interesting. But so, you know, when somebody's in our comments moaning about all these tattoo kits that people sell, like they, it's only happened because of the internet and because of Amazon. It's like, dude, they were doing it 30 years after they invented the tattoo machine or 40 years now. So if you knew the history of tattooing, you would know that people selling selling tattoo kits to non-tattooists has been going on almost since yeah. the beginning of modern electric tattooing. But it doesn't make you a good tattooist. No, it doesn't. But that's what I'm saying. You, like, like you don't need what to I'm know saying history is, to if be you, a good tattooist. If you understand, if you learn the history of tattooing and why certain line weights are employed the way they're employed, and then you go on to do, um, you know, traditional tattooing, American traditional tattooing or Japanese tattooing, there are a lot of techniques and traditional processes that are born from the historical part of tattooing that we don't need to know now, but it makes it, I think, personally, it makes it better for you as a tattooist to have an understanding of why do I leave a little break at the end of the shading before it gets to the line? It's like, because tattoos work better that way, because you leave a little skin break and it looks like a fake highlight and it's a really good idea. And all of these techniques that, that we take for granted... That's to do with like art and design as well, though, isn't it? That's Absolutely, not necessarily yeah, like to do with that. for tattooing. Yeah, but, but, you've got, but like, well, if you knew the history of tattooing, you would be able to go, well, traditionally, tattooists were not artists. They were... They were people that learned to draw in tattoo studios. So the fundamentals of, of art had to be taught at the same time as you were teaching the fundamentals of, um, of tattoos, you know. So I think that I personally... But in modern feel- days, in, more, in modern time, you, 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 don't, you don't need to... That's what I'm saying. You don't need to know your art history. It's, it's always good to fucking have a, take an interest in your job and in, in, in your industry and understand why things are a certain way. But I think, you know, it's, it's not a necessary thing to, to, to have to know. In, like, like me knowing, right, that Sailor Jerry created Purple has not had any effect on my tattooing career and my tattoo skill whatsoever. Do you know what I mean? No, I know what you mean, but I think that having historical perspective on where you are might give you some insights into the fact that the tools that you're using are not that modern, the um, it's not that new. Most of these things have existed for a really long time, and the stuff that you've got now has come out this year. But it's really only an iteration of something that we've been using for a very, yeah. very long time. And you know, but, so do you know, like you know Lally's a mate of mine, right? So, and yeah. I talk to Lal all the time. Right? Whenever I bang into him at conventions, he's he's always full of great stories. I'm sure he doesn't say that about me, to be honest with you, but he's a, he's a good boy. So the... Um, oh, my God. Can I say something? Yeah. You, you might as well fucking interrupted every other fucking sentence in this show. No, so you I'm might sorry, as well interrupt guys, this guys. one. Start as you mean to go on. Uh, this is... this. this, this I'll, 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 I'll finish the sentence. Maybe, maybe got, in the next 100 episodes. 
I, I one of my, I, I one of my clients um, watch the podcast every day, and then they texted me after. They, they said, um, "Tell Paul that he looks like Tommy Chong." I'll set that one. That's all right. I'm down <laughs> with that one. <laughs> so back to the point that I was trying to make before fucking ADHD boy saw a squirrel and and uh, and fucking relocated us into a different headspace. Um, so you know. Being mates with, with Lau and, and him chatting to me about stuff and, and telling me about, you know, the early days of tattooing or certainly the early days for him of tattooing because uh, it wouldn't have been the early days of tattooing because Lau opened his shop in 79 so we're well into tattooing by then. Um, and knowing the kind of stuff that those guys were doing versus the kind of stuff that I was doing, you know, 30 years later or something was, it, it, it kind of made me understand that Nothing's really that new. Nothing's really that original. And like when you know when he's telling me stories of like taking you know the old version of like um, like a brother printer. I forget what he said it was called now. It wasn't a Thermofax. It was something else. And he was showing it to one of these old boys that went, "I'll never need one of them." And he he scanned a newspaper, right, and put it through and went, "Here, make a hand stencil of that." Now, this is years ago, right? So I turn up with my brother Printer and he's like, it's really good, but we've kind of had shit that could do that for a long time. And then from chatting with him, I look back through it. I, you know, you can see Philip Lou artwork that that is like a, a proto version of graphic tattooing, and that was done in the early 80s. You know, so with some with some historical perspective on what you do, what you realise is that you're not all that. Right, you're just a tattooist, and like, yeah, okay, you, you might be really good at your job, and you've come with your voice, and you're doing all of that stuff. But there's plenty of people, you know, because lots of people like to claim ownership of like, oh, I did this first, so it's mine, and blah blah blah. The truth of it is, nothing's original, nothing's oh, fucking, fucking original. Just that, didn't but I know, I I'm comfortable about saying that and knowing that because, you know, through people like Lau and you know George Bone, the, the other old boys that I chat to all the time, they you know they give you this. A much better perspective on the industry and then I look at it and I and you know my predispersed ink and my pre-made needles and my fucking rotary tattoo machine that never it breaks down or doesn't need any tuning and instead of sitting moaning and going oh it doesn't do this or it's got these functions that I don't need I go I'm fucking so lucky compared to what they were doing I did, at least I didn't have to make my tattoo machine in my shed oh wait you know not even that like the ironic thing is right you've got people now whinging about like the drive bars on tattoo machines because of their own uncleanliness uh, but then in the 80s their tattoo with no yeah, fucking gloves eight, on I think in the UK it was about 86 or 87 you know what I mean <laughs> And, and all that sort of stuff, you know. You're fucking wild, it's, like, and, yeah. and, But the thing that's important to say about that is, up to that point, we hadn't had massive outbreaks of hepatitis and, you know, all this. But do you know what's really mad? Like, a, a story that has stuck with me, and this is the, this is the historical side of tattooing that I like, is the stories. But and, and that's what I'm saying, like, they don't have any effect on my tattooing ability, but I, I find them interesting. It's like... I was speaking to an old timer and he was telling me, he's like, oh yeah, I used to have a shop in Puff Call back in the day. And he said like, you know, we had, didn't give a fuck back then. You know, it was like, you'd be sitting here tattooing and somebody would come to the window and be like, oh, excuse me, mate, can you uh, chuck my wife's name on my arm? And you'd stop tattooing, you'd swill the needle out, dip the ink in, tattoo the name on him, <laughs> swill the ink needle out and then carry on fucking tattooing <clears throat> the business. And carry on. And like that, obviously you would never do that now, but like, that was just common practice back then. But I, I think like, that's important, that hasn't you know, having a, 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 you know, in education, it's called, you know, like a cultural perspective and that like, you know, if there was a, a, a route through education into 
the world of tattooing. I'm sure that there would be, you know, historical elements of tattooing that I think, I personally think are very important to understand your place in tattooing. And, you know, because it's very easy when people are sending you lovely emails about how great you are and you're this and you're that and the other to get a bit full of yourself. But if you've got a bit of an understanding of, the industry, this is what the industry fucking was before you got here, and this is what it is now. Um, you go, you know, you get an understanding that, like, yeah, I can tattoo, and I'm a pretty decent tattooer, but there's been a lot of fucking pretty decent tattooers before me. And do you know what I mean? And I think it's something that I do with all the kids when, I, when I'm teaching them. You know, I, I do, you know, open that door for, you know, let's learn some historical perspectives on tattooing. I, I love the fact that, you know, the history of tattooing is, is largely oral, you know, that they, you know, they do stories handed down from mentor to students. And I love the storytelling tradition of tattooing yeah. and, and all of that sort of stuff. And I, I don't, I agree with you in that. I don't think it makes me a better artist, but I do think it, it because of understanding my position or where I am historically, it makes you appreciate, a, it makes me appreciate tattooing. Uh, but B, also, I, I think it gives you that, you know, that rare thing in the world of tattooing, which is the humility to kind of go, look, I'm just a tattooist. You know, I'm just one of them, you know, I'm just another one of the tattooists. There's loads of us around and people have been doing stuff like this, you know. I, and, and I think that that's, I th- personally, I think it's important. It won't make you a better tattooist, but I think you, if, I really do believe that you, if you're going to push this art form forward, you can't know where you're going to go if you don't know where you've been. Because if you don't know where you've been, everything seems yeah, new. You'll be you thinking you've all? invented everything. Here's a true story. This is how, because I got into this. I was quite, um, I, I was quite unknowledgeable about it. And I was, and as I said to you last week, I think in, in a few places, I thought I had to, you know, I had to invent techniques. So. I, one day I've got my, I'm slowing my machine down, slowing my machine down, trying to find this technique. And I worked out that if you slowed the machine right down, and you and you run your hand really fast, the tattoo machine didn't create a line; it created dots. And I genuinely, I know, <laughs> until I was talking to somebody about this, I genuinely thought I'd invented pepper shading. <laughs> Until somebody went, fuck off, Paul. We've been doing it forever. It's even got a name. And I went, oh, really? oh well. I'm so glad I Pepper didn't. But I'm so, yeah, but that's because of Mike's, that, I could have gone to a tattoo convention, been walking around telling people how I've invented this fucking brand new technique. Do you know what I mean? And you just look like a bit of a dick. No, you know? I, I know and what you mean. Not through... Yeah, just through that, ignorance, just... you know what I mean? Just through being ignorant to all of the things that are going on, you know? Because obviously the quality of my training was not particularly good because with the best will in the world, my friends are not the best... Or my friends that taught me are not the best fucking terrorists in the world. You know, obviously pepper shading had just never come up, you know? <laughs> it never come up. One thing I will say, though, right, I think, I, I, I think that maybe in the era of tattooing that we're in now people shouldn't necessarily romanticise the good old days uh, so much and maybe pay more attention to more modern history and tattooing and actually, you know, ask themselves, why are we in the situation, why are we in the situation that we're in now with all these regulations for tattoo inks? Why are America in a position now when they've got like a tattoo artist that set up this organisation to try and, you know, stop the American government from setting too many kind of crazy regulations. Like, that's what we should be looking at now as an industry, because if you looked into it, you would then probably realise that 
we have been failed by a lot of the industry leading manufacturers and the industry leaders that have spent years taking money off us and just not put it back into the industry. And when it comes to the crunch, right, where an industry, a bunch of industry manufacturers have failed at self-regulating and are now in a position where the government's had to step in and regulate everything, where are they? They're using marketing to be the first people to come up with the fucking newest thing instead of working and working together and, and, and trying to stop certain things from happening. Like, I think it's a good thing to a degree because if you look at the, the, the regulations that are coming out in America, it's, it's all manufacturer-based. It's very similar to in Europe and the UK where manufacturers now are being forced to list all of their ingredients and make sure that they're making them under certain certain kind of like, you know, conditions and so on. But then that just goes to show that how, for how many years have they been dirty fuckers? You know, if they're not making yeah, I mean, it I dirty. think that it's a good example that if you, if you knew the history of where Tatooine came from and the fact that Tatooine used to make their own ink uh, using all kinds of crazy, you know, formulas and stuff and their own, all of their own stuff. <laughs> and obviously then businesses come in and get involved in a version of the tattoo uh, future where uh, there's a lot of regulation and everything is quite stipulated. That really favours the the you know the more professional manufacturers and and not the you know the the tattooist who's making his ink you know in his kitchen and things like that. Yeah, uh, and but those I'd... those manufacturers have got have, have got a window of opportunity to convince us that they have our best interests at heart, right? Because I naturally, I yeah, would I mean, naturally go, not. no, I'd rather buy all my stuff from other artists. But if a manufacturer came along and went, no, we're going to make sure that all your, all the stuff is really safe and regu- regulated and, and cool, and we're going to make sure it happens because yeah. we've got the money, the budget and everything to go with it, then I'd be like, you yeah. know, super cool. No, but but this is the thing though. This is this is the thing, and you know there are certain companies in America that make the ink themselves, and have made millions of fucking dollars uh, over the years. Made so much fucking money, yeah, and millions, so much fucking money that you know owners of companies can fucking fund a European tour of a fucking country and Western band. And I'm like, if you can fucking fund a European tour because they ain't fucking cheap. How come after 15 fucking years of these people knowing, are we in this position now? What did you do? What did they do? They done fuck all. And now, us, we're the industry, tattoo artists, we're the consumers, we're not the industry. The industry are the industry manufacturers, we are the consumers of that industry. Do you know what I mean? So we are left to fucking fight for our jobs and the ability to use the the inks that we want to use because the people that make it are fucked up and failed and then they're gonna fucking charge us shit loads more because they failed to fucking to do it like that shit pisses well, me i don't think learning like, your tattoo history will help you with that either you know what i mean that's all to do with economics you need an economics no. degree to figure that out you know what i mean no no but what i mean is like if you want to talk about history, I think we need to look more at what's happening now in 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 modern history of tattooing, and people need to understand why we're at the point that we're at with well, all I think these regulations. The only way you can do that, Chris, is still- you've got to compare other creative industries to it to understand what could possibly happen. Uh, I think, like I've, I, I, you know, I've said before, I think that 
where the the danger lies is if you know if tattooists end up in the same position as musicians um you know because their industry has been taken over by big business uh if if our industry is like that yeah. then i think we you know we really need to make sure that the big business is taking it over because i do think the regulation side of things does favor big businesses because if anybody has got the budget to do that they should have no but have they got no, the no, no. interest this in the is, industry no no hang on it, it no like the regulations favour the end consumer, which is our customers. It, that's who it favours. It makes sure that the products that we are injecting, you know, pushing up, we're not injecting. No, I disagree. You know, if you and me make ink bodies. in our kitchen and we make it one batch at a time, we are we are at a massive disadvantage versus a huge manufacturer. Of, no, of I ink. understand that, but you're not you're not listening to what I'm saying. I am, what but I'm you're saying not, is you're not saying the sense. regulators don't. They don't care about fucking us. They care about the end user. They care about the people that are having the ink in the skin. Use the Welsh regulations as a perfect example. The only reason why the regulations changed in Wales is because some people... No, but they didn't do fuckers. that to protect they the end user. The Welsh have... government have changed the regulations so they don't. So that the next time it happens, it doesn't cost them half a million quid. They don't give a fuck about you or the client. But they, 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 they give they, a they, fuck they, about they, half no, a million us, quid they, no, they, spent they on fixing a problem. Yeah, they're not do, they're obvi- doing it for the bottom line, Chris, it's not co- for the human beings. They don't care about the clients. They need to... Why do they, they, no, they, they need to make sure that we aren't fucking people up. Because if they cared about the clients, they would spend... Because one of their biggest things they've done is just tell you to put your fucking gloves on sooner because they've had to ex- they've had to ex- expect tattooists to not wash their hands. What they should be doing, if they really cared about people, would be rolling out proper fucking training everywhere and make and policing it and making sure people do it. But what they've done. No, That's they haven't. They've just put a fucking dam in and gone, don't cost us half a million no. quid again. Nonsense. No. Do not believe you. No. Bullshit. That's what... No, no, no. Proper fucking training on infection prevention and control. Tattoo registers. It's all well, been I'd put like in place. I'd like to see this training because as far as I, I can see, all they've done is tell you to put your gloves on soon. I've fucking done it. Yeah, but like, it's no different from the regular training you should have anyway. Like, it's not... They haven't invented no, but this pre- is the infection prevention Again, and yeah, control yeah. fucking training, have they? No. All they've then, done is told you to put your gloves on no, no, an hour no, no. earlier they, than they, I would. No, no, no. It's bollocks. No, not at all. What they've done is they... It's not bollocks. What they've done is because tattoo artists out there are fucking... There are some out there, like me and you, who follow the correct procedures, but there's some out there that have been taught by people that haven't got a clue and are wearing watches and are dirty fuckers, you know, because there's those ones... They've got to teach everywhere. They've got, they've got to make sure that for the public safety, every single tattoo artist has the same base level. Right. But what I'm saying is, knowledge you should have done that. You should have had to do that control. beforehand because you are expected to know this sh- stuff before. So they haven't changed anything. What they've done is they've put no, a lot no, of no, things. What they've in, changed is they've made it mandatory. They've made it mandatory for you to do it, but it should have been mandatory before because it's fucking mandatory in England. No, it's not mandatory in England to do infection prevention or control. Fucking If you're good, well, if you've got any fucking brain in, if you've I've got a fucking, fucking brain license in your head, then you should be doing fucking no, no, training. But yeah, but you you can get a. I can obviously, but I can go to fucking any county in fucking England and get a license just by paying the money. But this is what I'm saying. Exactly now I can't go to Wales. anywhere in Wales unless I pay more money. Well, is that helping the clients that I'm tattooing, or is that putting the half million quid back in the government's bank account? All it's doing is a it's a it's a cash grab. No, it's just, no, like because pay, they ca- pay this money they every ca- tattoo no, no, studio that you go to. It's the way of getting their half million license, quid back. But the licensing isn't that more expensive. They've literally kept the licensing the really cost? fucking cheap. Because uh, I was concerned. 
and uh, I didn't the pay training for cost? But the training course is like 70, 70, 70 quid, quid per tattooist in Wales. It's a cash grab, mate. All they're trying to do is get their half million quid back. They they're not focused on the you clients. You could be you could look you could be you could be you could be cynical all you want, mate. I'm not cynical. I think you're fucking naive. The point I'm making though is that we're at that point because people aren't doing the right thing. Same with the with the ink industry. We we're at this point because ink manufacturers aren't doing the right fucking thing. Haven't been doing the right thing. They've just been fucking making money, making money, making money. to do it, so why wouldn't they do it? So what I'm trying to say to you is, when somebody says, right, you've got to do it properly now, Dave in his kitchen who's making his ink is less likely to be able to do it than a massive ink brand that's been around for 15 years and already made millions and millions of pounds. Who do you blame? Who do you blame? Who do I blame? I blame the the legislators. Yeah. And those legislators... No, no, you blame don't blame the, the no, 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 no. You blame on. you. Yeah, of course you do. Because if we if we self regulate if if the industry self regulated right and actually took things into their own hands, put on the all the fucking ingredients, made sure that okay. they were all using many inf- the correct right, fucking stuff. If they haven't done we any have of that, the fucking problem. How many fucking infections have been caused by all these inks? How many infections have been caused by major inks brands? By major ink more. brands. Well, reactions. How many there people have the major ink brands got sick? Tattooing. For 150 fucking years. Nobody. Yeah, that's true. So they were doing it properly. So these fucking people come along who do not care about the end user. All they care about is not filling up hospitals. This, like, the, the, you're talking about America. America is the kind of place where they, um, they, they basically changed the legislation around vaping because they weren't getting enough revenue from the tobacco industry. So they changed it to be a tobacco product so they could get money from the vaping. And it's not about anything but money, Chris. Nobody gives a shit about the no, end I, user. Yeah, the only fuckers who care but, about the clients yeah. are us. Because the client comes back to us and says, my tattoo's gone funny. Yeah, yeah, but we can't give, we can't have informed consent. We can't have informed consent. We can't turn around to a client and be like, oh yeah, you know, your tattoo's fine because I know everything that's in the bottle because I don't, because they don't, they don't put it on the bottle. Like if you've got a customer comes in, it's like, I, I don't like How having, I don't want to use ink in the future. How do you know it's in the bottle? You're going to check every bottle with a bit of litmus paper, run it through a fucking, a, a testing process. You're going to read the you're label. To, yeah, yeah, and you're I going to see, prove, now, this but they're not if required. Said, yeah. They're not required to prove it is. If it's, if, if, only if they get if tested. They get tested but they're not they required can. to prove it is before. If that, that, yeah. But then if you get a client, yeah. But if you get a client, then that comes in. You're protected. If you get a client that comes in, they've had a reaction to this ink, and then that ink goes and gets tested. You're still you're you're okay because you bought it in good faith that it's got all those ingredients on it and it's passed. That's not how it the works in Europe. These, all these homemade certificates that people make. That's not how, how some of that legislation has been rolled out in Europe because the fine, the fine, the and the prison sentence the, fall the at the tattooist's feet in some in some countries in Europe. And the least informed person in the chain. It's the, it's the, it, it, that, that's if you're not. So, that's if you're not. You're trying to tell me that all this has been put together stuff. by a benevolent system of government that love us and want to look after everybody. And all they want to do is no, make no, the no, fucking no. money back that they've lost not in the all. pandemic. Why do you think this fucking legislation come no. out straight on the back of a pandemic? It come out because they've lost a fucking ton of money. I'm not. No, I'm, no, I'm not saying that. What, the what legislation? That's been come out, fucking like, in the, the works for 15 years. That's got fuck all to do with the, the, the pandemic. And then they sped it up when. And it's been it's been ongoing for fifteen years. When did it accelerate? 
just after the pandemic when they need a load of money. I think it's incredibly naive not to think that it's a, a purely financial <laughs> thing. You, have you got your tinfoil hat and behind there? Have you got a tinfoil hat stuck to the back of your head there? Follow the money. <laughs> Who's getting paid? What, who gets paid out of all of this legislation? Who think, gets paid? Yeah, yeah, Governments, no. this, this wonderful government I that's see, looking after yeah. us all, Chris, that you believe in, that are doing the best for you. I see Your government don't give a fuck about you. They I just want that. the 500 million fucking pound that it's cost them back. So they put a load of shit in, load more hoops that you've got to jump through, 70 fucking quid a hoop, every tattoo is, bingo, we got our money back. It's got nothing to do with giving a shit about right, so anybody. Do you, You're yeah, but do, so naive about it. It's ridiculous. Do you think, though... you got you got to get woke, mate. you got to wake the fuck I up. I just think you're being a fucking fanny, to be honest. <laughs> no, it's, it, no, you got to be fucking realist. Not being a fucking... It's not conspiracy. conspiracy that's, how it, that's how it works. Like, you're trying to... Like, like, do you honestly, honestly trust your do government? Do you honestly think? Do you honestly, do you honestly trust your government? No. I don't know, the worst government's better than the English government. You know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm never going to defend our government. I mean, they're an absolute share of shit. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, no, look, hey, what can I'm you saying, defend it? Hang on, let me, hey, 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 you'll be fucking... Hang on. What I, but what I'm fucking saying, Welcome right, to a is very before you fucking episode. ramble on about fucking... You go down conspiracy theory fucking avenue, is... The tattooing, the ink manufacturers, they knew about this 15 years ago. So why didn't they work with them? Why did they just fucking, you know, just like the shit that I've heard behind the scenes is it wasn't the case of like them approaching the regulators and not all of them, but some of them, they didn't approach the regulators with like solid concrete evidence. It was it was literally a case of, ah, oh, you're not a tattooist. You don't fucking know anything. You're just a fucking politician. You're this and you're that. There was no like, look, guys. We've been making ink for X amount of years. This is the process we use. You and I both know that that's But then that's why the we end up in this situation. And what happens when it gets too far, right? And they just go, you know, fuck it. Like, but no, that's not how we end up closed. in this situation. How we end up in this situation is a government with a massive hole in its budget because of a pandemic goes, how can we bring in some <laughs> legislation that's going to mean that this uh, product... Be, Chris, you know like yourself, you sat through the same meeting as me where even the chair of the European government went, why are we making them prove safety if we haven't proven... The, the danger. I, no, I agree. And I'm like, oh, public health. But that was only on the blue 15 and the green 7. Public health. It's got nothing to do with that. It's that all was, to do with budget. That was only on the two pigments. all to do with budget. Yeah, two pigments, because they tested was, the other was, 68 yeah. of them, because the, other, the cosmetics industry had tested them. I was like 14,000. Yeah, so why didn't the tattoo industry? That's what I'm saying. Like, why didn't? Honestly, no. Like, why didn't the tattoo industry test them? Because they can't test them. Surely. Because they can't. Because they're shady as fuck. Well, because so fifteen because years, people won't know. So they've been milking us. So you, you, yes, but but then what you're saying is right. The the government are milking us, right, with all these regulations. But then also certain people within the industry, right, have been milking us for fucking fifteen years, knowing that this is coming, and just kind of pretending that they're trying to do something. I don't about think it. they knew it was. I don't. I mean, I don't think they necessarily knew it was coming. They might thought, well, maybe it'll go away. Maybe there's something will change. Maybe this will happen. Maybe that will happen. You don't know. You know. I heard about. I heard about the ink ban like ten. I, I, heard do, about I the mean, ink I agree with you. Like ten years but, ago. Um, initially, when I heard about it, I thought, fucking hell, he had one job. And then, as I've learned more about it from talking to about three or four different ink manufacturers, you look at it and go. Yeah, you pretty much your hands are tied. You can't do fuck all about it. There's very like how do you how do you do it? There's nothing you can do. You know what I mean? It's like one part but of the chain. But is that only see this is the thing. There's a problem. 
Is that only in certain places though? Because like you, you also got to consider different parts of the world. They might have different pigment manufacturers there that will sell to the tattoo industry. So it's but it's. I from what I can gather, it's like to get reach regulations for certain pigments, they couldn't get it tested because the actual manufacturers wouldn't give up their proprietary formulation. Ultimately, I think so they wouldn't any any claim that extra legislation in this industry is based on public health is absolutely historically and this comes this is how I'm going to tie this back to this if you knew your tattoo history and where we <laughs> come from any claim that the the regulations are for public health are absolute fucking nonsense we have never historically ever endangered public health by doing what we're doing and this is back when we were putting drawing in people people's have. bodies right but this has happened recently, well, when you've said you've got the blind leading the blind, you've got people who don't know how to tattoo, teaching people to tattoo online, doing it for likes and clicks and thumbs up and all that. Don't forget to like and subscribe while I'm talking. But, the, but so you end up with a situation where people don't know. To, you, when you go for a piss, wash your fucking hands. Now, in Wales, because it got so bad, you've just been told, when you go for a piss, when you get back to your booth, put your gloves on, because we know you didn't wash your hands. You're not being taught to wash your hands. You've no. just been told to put your gloves <laughs> you, on. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yes, you are. I've no, seen your no, fucking no, regulations. No. It's just put your fucking gloves on sooner. So all they're doing, all your government no, has done not. is accepting yeah, that everybody no, in Wales no, is not. a dirty bastard and telling okay, you to put, put your gloves no, on. If you get, no, 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 no. If we're going to talk about regulations and shit like that, we need to come from it from a factual standpoint. That's fucking nonsense. What you just said is fucking nonsense. So we need to come from a, from a factual standpoint of that's not what it says. That's what I read. That's all I could see that was any different. You know what I mean? Well, you, you obviously fucking read fucking something from somewhere else. Because the, the regulations are, if you leave your booth, you take off your gloves, you wash your hands before you leave the tattoo area. When you then go, you can go to the toilet, wash your hands after you go to the toilet, and then before you put your gloves on, you wash your hands properly and dry them properly, and then put your gloves on. It's not putting your gloves on. 70 quid in Wales to learn that. You need 70 quid to learn to wash your hands after you've had a piss. Well, unfortunately... How many tattoos in Wales are? At least 10. So there's 700 quid they got back. You know what I mean? It's cash grab. Well, think think about it. (laughs) At least 10. Think about it, though. If fucking tattoo-eyes weren't dirty... They wouldn't have to charge us 70 quid to do a course. What I want to know is... What I want to know is, how did... How did they, they blame dirty tattooing and piercing for MRSA when in the 80s there was no MRSA, right? But nobody wore even wore gloves in the 80s. Nobody got MRSA then. They used the same needles and ink. Someone got HIV as well, then. So what, so what happened? No, just hospitals got dirtier. So what happens? Hospitals got filthy. Oh, they, oh, they probably definitely. went into hospital with a bad ear because all my piercing jewellery stuck, come out with MRSA, and he blamed it on the tattooist. Didn't get MRSA in your tattoo when you, in the eighties. Yeah, but then you had. I think the one one of the one of the people that had the staph infection uh, or bacteria, yeah, bacterial infection, was because the tattoo artist made a pre-made grey wash system with tap water, left it in the bottles. Do you mean it's yeah, like? Yeah, I get it. Fucking dirty. What I'm saying is. So she, you know why that? He never washed his hands. He, he never washed his yeah, hands. Probably didn't wash his hands. He should have washed his hands before he made it. You know what I mean? I don't know. 
what I'm saying is, the re- look at the response. The response is to charge people money after they've lost half a million quid. So they're like, okay, you've all got to do training now. So you got to like, you got to all pay for it. You got to pay for this. You got to pay for that. It's got nothing to do with public health. It's got to do with like we could do with that money back. Agree to disagree. Okay, whatever. You know, we've never like they've never they tried. They did this in New York. You know, where they banned tattooing in New York for 27 years, they blamed it They blamed it on tattooing. It turned out to be junkies. Like, you know, tattooing got the blame. Is that why that fucking... Um, that's probably why that, like, that fucking guy charges like $1,000 an hour where he's making up for like the 20-odd years that he was close. Uh, it's just ridiculous. It was, <laughs> it was only on Manhattan Island it was illegal. But I think it, tattooing always gets the blame for this sort of stuff. And I'm... I'm a little bit like I agree that you know you need you need legislation if if tattooing's getting dirtier because people don't know what they're doing and this comes back to what we were saying earlier don't be that person go and get yourself informed get yourself trained if you're in Wales you've got to have training whether you like it or not but you should be doing this off your own back it's your I this think, is your I career think. and your responsibility and so listen we've ranted this show's overrun it's absolutely ridiculous and I'm you know I, I think no, it's absolutely I, I think this is ample length I think this is great this is a fantastic episode yeah whatever this is a fantastic length I think it's great <laughs> and so with that guys uh, thank you very much for hanging around with us. Uh, hope your uh, hope your ears Angry aren't ball. bleeding from us shaving down into your ear holes. I hope that uh, hope we haven't bored Angry you too ball. much, uh, and that you've learned a couple of things. <laughs> uh, and and uh, and so with that, uh, this is well, before we go. Thanks to our sponsors. Don't forget you can listen to us on Spotify. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment. Uh, please check your grammar and check your comment before because we might not understand what you're yeah, talking just about. Yeah, be a bit more fucking. Uh, and so like, with that, this is. Been that tattoo show. I've been Paul. Uh, I've been Chris alongside Angry Paul. And we'll see you next week. Tell the lawyer, tell the judge, tell the priest, tell the governments to leave us the fuck alone, and we'll see you next Sunday. Take care, guys. <laughs> oh, right, I'm gonna go wash my hands now, right? <laughs> <laughs>